Good morning, Harvest Church. It is so good to be back here again. Um, I can't get enough of Durban because Cape Town is so cold. And uh, I decided to come back here on a bit of a holiday. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? So good, so good, so good. I, I bring you greetings from my, my wife and my four children. I know four uh, is, a, is, a, is an anointed number of children. It keeps me on my toes all the time. To Pastor George and Leanne, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we love and honor you guys. And um, really just, I think in ministry sometimes, uh, ministry can become transactional. But thank God that we, um, you know, we are committed to not just building transactional relationships. I say to Pastor George, I don't want to preach. I just want to come and hang out and have some dinner, you know, see you and the kids and, you know, just get to hang out as friends. And, and that's what ministry is all about for me is about having friends. You know, I preach four times on a Sunday at my church and it is tough. By the fourth service, I need them to pull me out of that church. And all I want to do is eat KFC and can I get a witness somebody? Did you feel the anointing just enter into the room right there? You know, so after a Sunday, I just want to eat chicken and I want to sleep. And, uh, and so uh, I don't need another preaching appointment because, uh, you know, we do so much in our life about church. But, you know, uh, every time I get an opportunity to preach from a pulpit, I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. I believe that God um, wants to speak and God wants to change a nation. Um, you know, and that's what we get to do this morning. Amen. And if they haven't told you, I'm a little bit loud. Um, I will apologize ahead of time. <laughs> um, I, I like to get excited for God's Word. I, I believe that Sunday should be the most exciting days of our life. Not because of just Sunday. Not because of just Sunday, but because we get to come together, we get to be inspired, we get to stand in a place where God can download His revelation into our heart. And so if you would turn to your neighbor, I'm going to get you to talk to your neighbor as well. <laughs> So if you would turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, <laughs> I'm so glad you're next to me. <laughs> say, I'm so glad you're next to me. Because together we are going to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Together we are going to lift up the name of Jesus. You don't have a contract with your chair. There should be no loyalty to your chair. Your chair never saved you, so you can get up out of that chair anytime you want to. And you can wave your Bible at me like you just don't care. Amen? And because that's what it is to be in the house of the Lord is to be, we want to just, we just want to celebrate you, Jesus. We would just want to honor you. We want to thank you for everything that you have done. I know, Father God, that this moment in history is a powerful moment because nothing ever occurs to you. And here we are today under the sound of a man's voice, but really under the sound of heaven, to hear, to open up our hearts, to open up our spirits, to receive everything you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Um, I just, I've, got some, I've got some merchandise out there, and, and again, it's not, it's not for merchandise sake. I felt a few years the Lord speak to me. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, an entrepreneurial gift on my life, and um, Right now, we are in the midst of severe unemployment, and I felt the Holy Spirit begin to challenge me and to challenge our church um, to go the people that God, you see, God puts the gifts on you for a reason, not so that you can look good, but so that we can actually bring solutions to the table. 
And so part of, um, we are, what, 29% unemployment. That's about 6.7 million people in our nation that are unemployed. Um, and if we don't deal with the problem of unemployment, our nation is going to struggle. I mean, we're already struggling, but if we don't have solutions, tangible solutions for some of these problems, then we are going to be in real trouble. And so I felt God began to encourage me to encourage our business community uh, and, and as well as myself to begin to look at creative ways of how we can both inspire, employ, and also uh, mentor young, young people and, and, and entrepreneurs so that they can keep going out and doing what uh, God has called them to do. So part of this is, part of this, what I'm doing here is to feel that, um, is to show our business people that we're going to do whatever we can. We're going to, you know, so if you're a businessman and a businesswoman in this room this morning, I want to encourage you as well. Ask the Holy Spirit creatively and actively to speak to you on how you can create employment opportunities so that we can see a nation touched and a nation changed. Amen. And so my resources are out there. Uh, it's a clothing business. You know, we do printing, we do, we do production. All of our stuff is done by a little, little factory that I've got and I, I give some employment opportunities to see young people and, and people that don't have jobs and everything we make that you see there is made from, we, we don't buy any, we only buy the fabric in and we make it up ourselves. Even this jacket is a jacket that was made for me. Um, and so this is all part of the idea of really just instigating um, entrepreneurship, instigating job creation for people everywhere we go. Amen? Turn with me in your Bible just very quickly. Turn with me in your Bible because you know uh, the Word of God is powerful. I have on the clock 8.40. I've got a few minutes to, to be with you, so we're going to have a good time. And then we're going to go home and eat ourselves lacquer and sleep. Um, and then we're going to come back tonight, because tonight I'm preaching a different message called Not For Sale. You want to come back for that? It's going to be absolutely awesome. And 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 1 to 11, we'll see how far we go. I've entitled my message, Give It Back. Give It Back. Turn to your neighbor and say, Give It Back. I have four children, and, and, and there, is no, there is no lack of fighting in my household, because I've got four children. The one is 11, the one is 7, the one is th 4, the one is 1. And so uh, if ever you wanted a fight, come to my house. On a Sunday morning, it seems like the devil is just waiting for us to wake up so that he can start a battle with all of my children. The one, the one, the one wants to watch TV. The one wants to take the other one's toy. And it's just crazy. By the time I get to church, I have already been in spiritual warfare. I've been Kawasaki, Suzuki. I have driven. I was tie my bow tie, drive my Honda. I have been everywhere trying to just get rid of that spirit. By the time I get up on stage, I'm ready to go because I'm in the spirit because my kids keep me on my toe. Can I get an amen? I know some of you, some of you are so oversaved, you never fight on the way to church. I know some of you are so spiritual that your husband and your wife, you just kind of, oh, everything is so nice. You wake up in the some mornings, some mornings the devil is like right there and you, some of you are fighting on the way to church just before you walk in and then all of a sudden you've got to create the atmosphere for, for God to come back again. No, no, no. You know, uh, we all live at the same number, the same street, the same home. Sometimes she takes too long, sometimes you take too long and then you fight all the way and see, the, uh, and, and that's what happened to me Sunday mornings, and so my kids would sometimes will have this argument where 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 Judah would have taken uh, would have taken what belongs to Faith, and Faith wants back what belongs to her, and so all of us she would say to, to she will say to Judah, Judah, give back my toy. Have you ever had that? If you're a parent, give it back to me. It's mine, and 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 we can get into that into that into that place where it's about it's about what belongs to me. And and here's the thing this morning, I want to talk to you from this thought uh, 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 where where God begins to begins to prod Hannah 
Hannah, and, 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 and Hannah, Hannah is a powerful, powerful woman of God because she recognizes something in God, that the whole of our faith is not built on just what you can get, but it's built on what you can give. That's why the Bible says things like it is more blessed to give in the book of Acts. It's more blessed to give than it is uh, 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 to receive. The Bible says things that, you know, uh, in the book of Matthew, that if you give, it says if you give unto, for if you give, it will be given unto you a good measure. And so ultimately, you see, many of you might have walked into the rooms thinking, How, what am I going to get? But sometimes your miracle lies in your giving. Your miracle doesn't just lie in your receiving because we can create a consumeristic culture that says, I'm just here. Can the band move me? No, you're not here for the band. If the band is out of tune, you're going to give something. You're going to give God a praise. Come on, somebody. If the, if the, if the preacher ain't good, you're going to give. You can still get something because you're going to give your faith in the atmosphere. I wish I had some Bible-believing Christians in this room this morning who believes in the Word of God. You see, ultimately, you've got to get to the place where you say, it does not matter if there's lights or no Our praise can't be conditional. I'm going to give God my praise. If there's no lights, I will still, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. Not I will enter His gates with a band. Not I will enter his gates with a great worship leader who changes the world. No, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. If you've got some thanks in your heart this morning, would you give God a shout of praise all over this place? If you, have, if you are thankful that you wake up and you are still alive, oh, come on, somebody. Would you give God a praise for who he is and for all that he has done? Because, you see, when you know how to give, you see, what creates an atmosphere is a spirit of giving. A spirit of giving. Imagine you take your wife out and you went to a beautiful restaurant down here by Mshlanga. You come to turn and tender and you get there and they want you to tender. They say, we will turn the chicken, but you must tender. You must tender the man. You, know? you must tender. If you don't tender, you're not going to get the, the, the food. And you got there and you looked at your wife. You planned this whole thing. You looked at your wife and you said, honey, can you pay? You, 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 will need to get, you will need to be prayed for because, you see, part of that atmosphere, part of creating an atmosphere is in your giving. You see, on, 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 on birthdays, we create an atmosphere, and we should not just create it on birthdays, but one of the atmosphere we create and what helps to create that atmosphere is giving because you wake up on your birthday. Imagine, and, and maybe for, for some of you, you need to get prayed for because your husband may have forgotten your birthday or your wife has forgotten. We'll pray for healing at the end of the service. Um, but here's the thing. Sometimes what creates an atmosphere Atmosphere is when is when all of a sudden on your birthday you wake up and we we have a tradition in our home where we try and make we try and make breakfast for each other you know the only thing I can cook is an omelet and and I cook my favorite omelet on my wife's birthday I'm, I never make a coffee because she never likes my coffee uh, and, and so I don't even try I just put on the kettle and I get somebody else to make it and so I make her and the kids would, would all make the little gifts and they would and you see we come and we bring to her because she gives so much we give back to her and she says it's not so much even about the gift it's about the thought that you it's about the thought that you want to give to me and make me feel special and if we can learn how to be a generation and a people who will give it back and not withhold if we can give back our worship if we can give back our praise if we can give back our generosity if we can give back our worship oh come on i i want to let you know our nation could look so much different we want to be a generation that will give we want to be a generation that will stand in a place where many people are withholding we want to be a generation that would give everything back you see
see, consumerism, what drives consumerism is the, we see, we, we, we've coined this phrase in our organization, in our movement, in our church, we've coined this phrase that says, we don't want to teach a generation to pay, we want to teach a generation to give. If you can teach a generation to give, the, 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 the chains of poverty will break. If you can teach a generation to give, you will see, you will be able to see people's hearts transformed and changed because giving in itself creates an atmosphere that ushers people into a whole new level. I went to, to pick and pay. I don't know if you have pick and pay here in Durban because you're another country, but we have pick and pay where we come from. And, and pick and pay, I was standing there and I thought, because as I often do, I try and look for ways of how to give. Try to look for ways of how to give. Now, by the way, we always teach giving in the context of money, and that's good because you must give your money. If you have a million rand, you give it to the church. Amen. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, I was standing there. I'm looking for ways to give, and I don't want to just give. I want to, because I believe that the, 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 that the gifts of the body, the gifts that God gives us, the grace gifts that God gives us, the, even the gifts of words of knowledge and prophecy, I believe those gifts should be more in operation in the world than they are in the church. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> get an amen. <laughs> Three of you. I'll get to five next time. The reality is there's those. So, so I'm, standing there in the, in, 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 I'm standing in the queue, and there's a lady in front of me, and, uh, and, and this lady is standing there, and, and she's, she, don't ha- she doesn't have enough money. I have enough money. It was only five rand. She doesn't have enough. She doesn't have five rand. She's only got coins. She's twenty. You know, you know when you get to the counter, and your, and, your, and your card doesn't work, and you rub it on yourself? Anybody happen <laughs> Oh, this is Durban. You all have money. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> when you rub your card so hard, you think that it's, a genie is going to come out and the money is going to appear. You ever been there? <laughs> I've been there too many times. Uh, anyway, you rub your card. So this lady is counting. She's been counting the coins four times, but she still doesn't come up with the amount. And so she thinks that maybe she turns it over another time, that another coin will fall out somewhere. Anyway, so I'm standing behind her. I'm saying, no, listen, don't worry, don't worry. I'll pay for you. She said, no. I don't want you to pay for me. I said, why not? I have five rand. It's only five rand. It's not, I mean, if you ask for 10 rand, maybe I wouldn't be able to afford it, but I've got five rand. She says, no. Because she says this to me. She says, I don't know what strings you have attached to that five rand. <laughs> because a generation has been taught to pay, but not to give. That even we don't know how to receive anymore. Because if you know how to give, you can receive. You see, because you understand the cycle of giving. You see, in this room today, you can create an atmosphere of miracles, not because of what the, the band does. You can create an atmosphere of miracles because of what you give. The degree to which you receive in this house is directly linked to the degree you give in this house. Come to the saved people, this side. <laughs> Come to the saved people. Because, because we always make it about we always make it about somebody else. Oh, is the worship good? I'm going to go to a church where the worship is good. No, you will never be able to receive, no matter how good the worship team is, because it's not built on the worship team. It's built on the condition of your heart to give. Come on, somebody. Would you stand up on your feet and give God a shout of praise all over this place? Because what you give is what will create an atmosphere of miracles. Come on, would you just for a few moments give God some praise give God some worship give God your, your voice give him your clap give him the stomping of your feet give him everything that you have got and so in so doing you begin to create an atmosphere of miracles you see, you, you, you see some of you are going why is he asking me to stand because you know what I'm standing 
You may be seated. Isn't it great to come to church on a Sunday and not, and not feel like you're going to a movie? A movie is a one-way stimulus. One-way stimulus. You sit there, you eat your popcorn. If you're me, it's salt and vinegar. <laughs> and some people think Sunday church is... No, 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 no. This is no one-way street. If you're going to get your miracle, baby, we are going to be in the same ring. We are going to do the same thing. You, I'm not going to preach. We are together going to preach. I'm not just going to sing together because, you see, it's a mutualism. It's a symbiosis. I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. I passed high school with difficulties. <laughs> I tell people I have a PhD. <laughs> There's a miracle. You see, isn't it amazing that Jesus would attribute every person to what they gave? The woman pushing through the crowd. Jesus said, you gave some faith right there. You gave so much faith, you stopped me. Hmm. Hmm. And here you want to come on a Sunday going, move me. Because I pay my tithe and you are in ministry, Pastor George. Move me. After all, what do you do from Monday to Sunday? Only just prepare a message. So let me move. You need to move. You need to work for the tithe and offerings. Then you obviously haven't read your Bible. Pastor George is here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To hear from the Lord for the new building that's coming. It's all right, you. Come on, go sing because there's a gift on your life. You, come on, go pray because there's a gift on your life. You, go prophesy. And don't just prophesy on Sunday. The true, the true test of your prophetic gift is how can that thing operate outside of church? It's like having a fish that only swims on church Sunday. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, the son of Eliu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and an Ephraimite. He had two wives, not advisable. Um, one was called Hannah. Would you say with me, Hannah? Say it like a gangster, Hannah. I know some of you people have always wanted to be gangsters. You're like, watch this again. Say Hannah. Say with attitude, Hannah. <laughs> you guys are like, mm, Pastor George, who did you bring to our church? <laughs> Hannah means favor or grace. Do we have some Hannahs in this place today? Do we have some people who carry a bit of favor and grace? Oh, I should have had a lot more than I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'll be a Hannah all by myself. <laughs> because sometimes favor and grace, favor and grace doesn't necessarily mean things go smoothly. You can be in a hard place, 
in a difficult place and still have favor and grace. In fact, the fact, the, 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 the mere fact of the matter that you are still standing despite your circumstance shows that there is favor and grace. You see, there are some people that would have capitulated. They would have given up underneath the weight of their circumstance. But because they have favor and grace, it allows them to stand up under the heaviness of their circumstance. So some of you may not have come into what you thought you should have come into yet. And you're trying to change your name from favor and grace from Hannah to something else. But here... I want to declare to you that just because it doesn't look favorable, just because it doesn't sound favorable, doesn't mean it's not favorable. You've got to understand that sometimes God will work in situations that look so far removed from who you are in order to position you in a place where you will run and you will not grow weary, where you will walk and not grow faint. You see, Hannah finds herself in a situation, favor and grace. Her name is Hannah. The other woman's name was called Penina, which means pearl or ruby. Pearl or ruby. And a pearl and a ruby speaks of beauty, isn't it? Sometimes you can have grace and favor, but not necessarily be a pearl or a ruby. Your circumstance might not look like a pearl. Your house may not look like a ruby. Your, your call may not always look like a pearl or a ruby. Sometimes Hannah has to contend. Sometimes grace and favor finds itself contending with the beauty. Sometimes it seems like the beauty that you so need in your life is not there. But I, 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 I read the story and I understand that God is in the midst of everything. I, I, I'm preaching to somebody here today. You don't feel beautiful. And I'm not talking about beautiful as in beauty. I'm talking about, there was a time in my life when my wife and I moved from, we, we were training in Australia for three months at the Planet Shakers Church. And we were living out of our suitcases, one house to the next house. The band was traveling the world and they made it available that we could go for one, for one week at a time. We could go from one band member's house to the next band member's house. We didn't have any South African rand to sustain us. So we only had a few rands in our account. And so I was eating $2 cheap pies. And you know, if the cheaper the meal, the more bloated you become. I looked at a photo of myself in that period. Ooh, Jesus, help me. Ooh, Jesus, help me. You know when you look at a photo of yourself and you think, hmm, we need an intervention. <laughs> we need an intervention right here. And I remember getting so frustrated going from one house to the next house to the next house. I had grace, I had favor, but it didn't look like a ruby and it didn't look like a pearl. It didn't look beautiful. And I remember coming back to South Africa, flying back and saying to my wife, I just need to get into a beautiful place. I need to get into a place where that can feed my soul. Like I need a ruby and I need a pearl. And we scraped together a little bit of the money that we have and we, we hijacked, no I didn't hijack, I use a friend's car and uh, <laughs> some of you are like, yeah, we know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> always knew that one. <laughs> and we went to a place called Sedgefield in Neisner area and man, the beauty. We was, we, we, our situation wasn't pearl or beautiful, but we were in a beautiful place. And we were still graced and favored by God. 
you can still be graced and favored even though your prayers are not answered. Because grace and favor is not conditional. Grace and favor is unmerited. I'm preaching better than some of you are saying amen this morning. You see, you've got to understand there is, and because sometimes we can create a, a mentality that says, I need to perform to get the grace. I need to perform to get the favor. You are favored because of Jesus. You are favored because of what he did on the cross. You are favored because of his blood. That's why you can be healed. That's why when you break your wrist, you can come and stand here on a Sunday and tell of what the Lord has done. Oh, come on. There are greater things that have yet to come. Greater things have yet to be broken out. If you believe it, come on, Harvest Church, would you stand up on your feet and give God a shout of praise all over this place? There is grace. There is favor. There is breakthrough. There is anointing. There is healing. There is more than ever before in this place. He is a great God. You carry grace. You carry favor. High five two or three people. Tell them you're a Hannah. Tell them you're a Hannah. Even the guys. I know it sounds weird, but guys, you're a Hannah. You're grace. You carry grace. You carry favor in the name of Jesus. You carry grace. You may be seated. It's so funny watching you guys because you, don't, you guys just don't know what to do. <laughs> do we wait for him to tell us to sit down? <laughs> do we just stand? <laughs> so I saw you, some of you are like, we don't, we don't do that in our church. <laughs> hey, I love, I love church. It's so awesome. If you don't laugh in church, then you're doing it wrong. Because Jesus died, but he also rose again. And it's not, it's not good that we have more. F- I saw, I, 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 caught a, I caught a new person in our church. I went over to his house to go watch soccer last week. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Oh, Jesus, help us. <laughs> this guy in our church, he, he, he's new. He's been there for two months now. And uh, in church, he just stands like this. Now, if you, if you, can, if you can stand like that in our church... You have an anointing. You have a stand anointing. You have a stand anointing. Because if the, if the sound doesn't get to you, the bass will get to you. Okay, now anyway, he's standing there. And, and he's been doing that for, you know, for a few weeks now and uh, two months that he's been there. So we're watching soccer. And man, I'm telling you, his team scores. He is like, yeah! He's like, come on! He's dancing. He's doing the cha-cha slide. He's doing it. And in the middle of it, because I can't hold myself back, I said, wow! I never thought you are so expressive. I said to him, I said to him, I said to him, so now from now on every Sunday, I want to see you do that in the house of the Lord, not just for Liverpool, because Liverpool never paid the price for you, but Jesus paid the price for you. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There is a breakout. There is a praise. There is a dance. There is a smile. There is some people. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching you out of your chair right now. Would you get up? 
out of your chair and give God a shout of praise. Would you celebrate the goodness of who he is? Break the chains of religion. Break the chains that has been holding you back. Break the chains of fear. Break the chains of tradition and age. Break the chains of your personality and begin to give God a praise that no man can steal away from you. You see, praise is not about your noise. It's about creating an atmosphere for God to speak into your heart because the more you praise, the more you give, the more your heart is open. The more you give, the more your heart expands. The more you give, the greater the faith arises inside of you. It's not about a style. It's about the Bible. So come on, I'm going to give you a praise break for one minute. Would you give God a praise break in this Come on, come on, come on. Come on, Harvest Church. Break the shackles. Break the chains. Break the religion. Break the back of everything that you have ever been told. Get a little bit free in this atmosphere. Get free to dance. Get free to praise. Get free to worship. Be free to be a child again who is not concerned about who is saying what and who is doing what in this place. Get free again. Get free again. Get free again. Get fun again. Put a smile on your face again. Come on. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is, this is resurrection power in this place. This is not a graveyard. This is the house of the Lord. This is a house of breakthrough. This is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. Oh, but why do you have to shout like that, Fabian? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's why they only get me in once every six years. <laughs> you may be seated because they can't handle too much of me. Ben, you can come up. I've got lots of time, Pastor George. I'm so good, so good. But I want to finish on time. I want to respect the time as well because... You know, there's another service coming in. Now watch this, Benina, Hannah had children, but Hannah had none. Ruby and Pearl had children, but Hannah had none. And if we all obviously understand the context of the, the historical context of not having a child, next to a woman who is providing children for the same husband. The inadequacy, the sense of disappointment. Some of you might be in this room and there's no baby. Some of you, the, the years may have ticked along and God had promised you something but there's still no baby. Some of you have been standing, travailing, and praying for revival to come, but there's still no baby. Some of you have contended for miracles, and some of you have heard prophetic words that some of us could never even imagine. Standing next to Penina, who is producing children like it's out of fashion, and favor and grace can't produce nothing.
Have you ever been told, if, you're, if your God is alive, how come it seems like you're not moving forward? <sighs> Have you ever thought, man, God, I've done everything. I've been there. Sometimes still there. Say, God, come on. If I have grace and favor, how come the Peninas of this world seem so beautiful? They rock up in their little GPs, Mercedes, Porsches. I've served you faithfully, God. And Hannah stands next to Penina. And even though her husband says to her, listen, do I not mean more to you than ten sons? The womb was created to carry. And it can never be satisfied where there's no fruit. And I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody here today. But the God you serve is faithful. Now listen to this. Panana to all her sons and daughters. Now, the Bible says this, that whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Panana and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, to favor and grace, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Could it be And, and this is not theologically, you can go, don't, don't take me to, to the bank with this. But could it be that sometimes a closed womb is an invitation to participate in a miracle that is far greater than you? Could it be that a closed womb, because the Bible said that, you go read it, I'm not saying it, the Bible says the Lord had closed her womb. Could some things not... Could some things be closed in your life today because it's an invitation for God to say, come on, come on, come, come, push in. Watch what Hannah does. Watch what Hannah does. And in a moment, we're going to finish the service because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Her, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating, drinking in Shiloh, three things Hannah did. As she pursued her miracle, the Bible said, number one, she stood up. You go read it in your scriptures. I read, I'm reading out of the NIV version. The Bible says Hannah stood up. Sometimes we're sitting in the place of our pain for too long. Sometimes we sit in the place of our disappointment too long. Sometimes we sit in the place of what did not happen, what should have happened, what could have happened. We sit in the place of regret. But there comes a time in your life where you've got to say, I've had enough. I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm about to stand up. You might not have all the answers. You might not have it all figured out. But I'm prophesying to somebody in this room today. It's time to stand up. It's time to flex your chest. It's time to stand up. It's time to lift up your head. Come on, somebody. It's time to stand up for a new generation. It's time to stand up for a friend. 
fresh word. It's time to stand up for a fresh breakthrough. Don't give up, Hannah. Hannah, it's not time to lie down in a corner and curl over and cry. And cry if you must, but get yourself up out of that seat. Come on, Hannah. There, come on. And I believe the word of the Lord is coming to you, Harvest Church. It's time to stand up. This, this Durban needs to be changed. And you are going to be a catalyst in transforming this Durban. But it's time to stand up. Businessmen and businesswomen, it's time to stand up. Stand up in the name of Jesus. Come on, husbands and wives, it's time to stand up. Sickness has been in your house for too long. It's time to stand up. Brokenness has been a part of your generational legacies for too long. It's time to stand up. Stand yourself up. Stand yourself up. Come on, would you pray? Say, God, I'm standing up. I'm standing up to evil. I'm standing up to poverty. I'm standing up to brokenness. I'm standing up to divorce. I'm standing up to, 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 the, work, to the works of the enemy in our city, in our nation, in our church. I'm standing up. I'm standing up for a new building. I'm standing up for more souls. I'm standing up for more healings and breakthrough. I'm standing up for the next level in the name of Jesus. And once you have stood up, you know, back in the days we used to play a game where he said, if, I, if you cross that line, if you cross that line, I'm going to hit you so hard you will not know if you're coming or going. And then the guy comes and he steps over the line, then you draw another line. <laughs> if you step over that line, I will hit you so hard your snot will fly. You cross another line and they keep crossing the line. You see, sometimes we, it's, we, we can stand, but what are you going to do with your standing? Second thing Hannah did when she stood up, the Bible says she went up to the place of prayer. You want to see revival come to the city? You want to see revival come to your nation? You want to see revival come into this church? Like there's no room enough what God can do, but we have to be a people who will begin to pray like we have never prayed before. We can't pray nice prayers. We can't pray devotional prayers. We're going to pray real prayers. We're going to pray prayers of revival. And revival is not people falling over under the power of the Holy Spirit. That's not revival. I'm, I'm getting sick of photos all over social media. Oh, revival is breaking out. And, people are, and the photos they show us is of people lying on the floor. Are you for real? You mean to tell me the sum total of this omniscient, omnipotent, all-powerful God is to push people over? You must be joking me. I want another God. I want, I want a God who can actually bring change. Don't, don't bring my God into a little space where we get so enamored, we get goosebumps, and all we talk about revival looks like people crying in the presence of the Lord. Go to a funeral if you want to cry. Revival is us creating jobs. Revival is evil decreasing. Revival is going into ganglands and taking back what the devil has stolen from us. Revival is going into the inner city of, of Durban and saying, no longer devil, there is a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. Revival is the drug addicts walking out of uh, our drug homes and they are set free. Revival is standing at the bus stop and saying to somebody, I have a word of knowledge for you and God has a plan for your life. Life. Uh, revival is men in politics beginning to hear the voice of God to begin to bring about new constitutional de decisions. That's revival. Oh, come on. Would you give God a praise? We want to be the great. We want to be revivalists. Yeah. Finally, finally. Hannah's contented. She's contented. She's prayed. She's fasted. She's done everything. And finally, I don't have time to go there. She receives her miracle. 
when you've prayed for it for so long, you can almost imagine Jerusalem, she's made the baby room up. She's got the cot out. She is ready. She's bought the nice clothes, the blue, blue clothes for the boy. She's got a, she's got a reveal party. I mean, she, it's going on. It's amazing. She bought the big car because, baby, you need to have a big car in Jerusalem on the donkey. You need to have a... And now you think she's going to go, oh, I'm going to keep you for the rest of my life. Just gonna hold on to you, baby. <laughs> because sometimes your breakthrough can make you selfish. <laughs> but you know what? She says, I'm gonna wean this boy. I prayed for him so long. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do a Lion King moment. I'm gonna give him back. I'm going to give him back to God. What do you mean, Hannah? You contended for so long. You just got your financial breakthrough and God says, give it back. Go out of this house. You prayed, God, if you give me this house, this house will serve you. I will have home group. I will have leaders meetings. I will have prayer meetings. But you haven't had one since you got the new house. Would you give it back to Jesus? Would you give it back to God? Would you give your children back to God? You can't protect them for the rest of their lives. One of the greatest things I had to deal with after the, the accident of my baby girl, some of you don't know the story, you're supposed to be at conference, so you're not going to hear the story anyway. <laughs> One of the hardest things I had to contend with was fear for my child's life after that. Because sometimes the devil leaves attachments. And every often, every so often I find myself saying, God, they belong to you. I give them back to you. Do with them what you want to do, God. And today you've got to give some things back. You've been holding on to your miracle. You've been holding on to your testimony. You've been holding on to your praise. You've been holding on to your disappointment. You've been holding on to your rejection. You've been holding on to your own money. You've been holding on to your worship. It's time to give it back. Simba. It's time to give it back. Would you lift your hands all over this place? Give it back to you, God. I give it all to you, Jesus. Some of you, the fear of the future for this nation. What will become of us? Give it to God. George and Leanne, give this church back to God. God, have your way. Have your way. And Hannah gave. Come on, would you pray? Would you open up your mouth? Would you say, God? Because whatever you give to God is multiplied. Whatever you give to God has the potential to change the world. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. Even God had to lift up his son and say, I give him back.
I give him to a cause. I give him to a purpose. Some of your skills and your insight and your wisdom and your reasoning and your passion, would you give it back to God? You've been holding on to it. You've been, you, you've been holding on, but don't withhold from God that which God has put into you today. Would you say, God, here in this church today at Harvest Church, I commit myself to give back everything. I'm going to give my house back. I'm going to give my finances back. I'm going to give my children back. I'm going to give my praise back. I'm going to give my energy back. I'm going to give my freedom back. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give my business. If you're a businessman, I'm giving you my business. Do with this business what you want. Oh, come on. I'm giving it back. I'm not going to hold on to the unforgiveness anymore. I'm giving it to you, God. Would you turn it around? And let's like, just like Hannah did with Samuel, may you begin to see a powerful, a powerful manifestation of the power of God. If you believe it in this place, on the count of three, we're going to release a shout of freedom. We're going to, you're going to give to God your praise in a moment. When I get to three, I want you to shake yourself loose from the disappointment of yesterday because whatever you give to God today, don't take it back. Don't go take it back now. Give it to God. Give Him your anxiety. Give Him your fear. Give Him your, give Him the thing of you in your heart. Come on. You've only got a few moments and then I'm going to end off the service but you've got a few moments right now one one when I get to three I want you to lift up a shout of praise like never before send a signal harvest church that this is a new day we've given it back to God you cannot be threatened for what does not belong to you you cannot be you cannot be held ransom for what does not belong to you my children belong to God my wife belongs to God the church that I lead belongs to God I get to steward it or oh, everything I have this life this body are you ready to when we get to three and you prayed yourself through I want you to give a shout of freedom a shout of breakthrough oh, together in concert we're gonna send a message out to the devil that his time is up in this church his time is up in our lives his time is up in the city his time is up in the nation are you ready two and a half when I get to three with one voice as one church oh every generation represented every cult color every tribe we're gonna release a shout of praise are you ready two and three quarters are you ready well, on the count of three when I get to three would you release a praise from the back to the front from the left to the right are you ready harvest church you're going to another level you're going higher you're going to freedom you're going to breakthrough are you, are you ready when I, when I say three, I want you to let it go. I want you to free yourself. I want you to dance like you've never danced. I want you to praise like you've never praised. Give your energy to God. Give your, give your years to God. Give your voice to God. Give your hands and your feet to God. Give your mind to God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Three.